Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, guys, so this is episode 81, and we're looking at the seven reasons to get IRB approval and how it can actually make you money. Yes, you can get cash, and I'm going to explain how, and some of you are like, what? But you don't, you haven't heard the reason why yet. All right, guys. So, um, but before we get into today, today's episode, I just want to give a big thank you, shout out to all of you listeners out there, especially those to you that left a review on iTunes this week. We got a lot of or a lot of reviews, and I'm really, really excited. Um, as I stated last week, if you listened, um, it was my birthday. So um, the whole point was trying to get up to 43 reviews on iTunes and congratulations of my 43rd birthday. And we got up to 44 reviews. So thank you for going one over on that. I absolutely love you guys. Thank you so much. And in doing so, of course, I had the book Wish Granted Tips, Tools and Templates to Write a Winning Grant. That was the ebook was on Amazon for free from July 17th until July 19th. So that was my big thank you for you guys for leaving a review. So I said, just go ahead and leave if you can leave a review and then jump over to Amazon and download the free book. And um, a lot of you uh, were having problems that you didn't really know exactly how to leave a review on iTunes. And I totally get that. It can be a little bit tricky. But a lot of people just downloaded the book, too, that were just perusing Amazon and downloaded the book. So that was really cool. So indirectly, because of that, we're actually still number one on Amazon right now. And I'm just going to click over there. So if you went on to um, Amazon, you could see today anyways, this is July 20. Third, that we have we're number one bestseller in this is on the Kindle version, of course, because it's the ebook in nonprofit fundraising and grants. So it's really cool. We have the number one bestseller right there in the orange tab. Super cool. And also when it was for free, so this is for paid. When it was for for free for for free, oh, how many times can I say that? For free for two days, um, we hit number one in three different categories for the free ebooks for the free Kindle books, which was really exciting. But I'm super excited that it's a number one bestseller in the paid category for nonprofit fundraising and grants right now, today. So um, if you jump over there, and if you downloaded the book, please go ahead and leave a review on Amazon. That really helps um, with algorithms as well. And that would be a great thank you bonus. Um, Yes, but this book, uh, The Wish Granted, we are getting revamping it, like I've been saying. So if you were not able to grab your free copy and you want to get a free advanced reader version of the new book coming out. So it's going to be a lot of the same content as Wish Granted, but I'm actually putting in my grants formula as well. And I'm updating some of the language and changing the cover and the title basically is what you're going to see. So a lot of it is still the same because a lot of the principles still apply, but I wanted to give it a refresh refresher. And I also want it to include the new branding and everything on it, give it a new title, something a little clearer, and um, just to give it an update. So um, if you 
want to get a free version, an ebook version of that and be in the advanced reader team, all you have to do in the advanced reader team is you're going to give me feedback on the book, on how everything looks, how everything sounds before I publish. So I do ask if you just give me feedback on it and then also leave a review on, on Amazon um, if you're a part of the advanced reader team the art, right? <laughs> so if you would like to be a part of that and get a free ebook in exchange for leaving a review and giving me feedback before it's published, then go ahead and send me an email at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com and I will add you to the advanced reader team list. And I have been working on that book. I know it's late, guys. I know I said it was coming out before and I got pushed back a little bit with a lot of different projects I'm working on. But this is all in motion. My editor's lined up. Everything is coming out very, very soon. So please jump on that if you'd like to be a part of that. But once again, just thank you everyone for leaving a review on iTunes. And if you have not done that yet, please go over to iTunes um, and leave a review for the grant writing and funding podcast that you're listening to right now. And that way we can just, you know, it gives me feedback, which is great. And also reviews help algorithms. We were actually, we went way up in our categories on iTunes and that gives more eyes, right? If you're closer to the top in your categories than way, you know, pages and pages down. And we also, it was really, really funny because right now, today, we're also number four in our category on iTunes in Saudi Arabia of all places and different countries we've been able to get in different um, numbers, you know, like really high ranking across different iTunes in different countries. So even if you're in another country, you can leave a review on your iTunes and I will see those in this new software I have, which is super cool. I, and before we kick off today, I just want to leave, or I want to read one of those new reviews. And this is from Triple 100 Joe. And this is on uh, US Apple Podcasts, right, on iTunes. And she says, um, or he, I'm not sure, because it's Joe, right? Uh, easy ways to learn. Holly is exceptional in explaining all the tips and steps needed to win grants and get funding for one's organization. So thank you so much, Triple 100 Joe, for that wonderful, wonderful review that you left on my birthday itself. So that's awesome. I love it. All right, guys, so let, I know you guys are going, hey, IRB approval, let's get back to that. So I'm gonna tell you, as a grant writer, are you required to get Institutional Review Board, or IRB, approval prior to conducting your assessments, right? We've been talking about the needs and strengths assessment. We've been talking about different types of research. So when do you need this? Are you actually required to even have it? And here's the thing. You are a consultant, right? I'm talking to grant writers out there who are consultants. And you, you may not be a research academic, right? However, if your needs and strengths assessment deals with people, and if you want your research to be published and more credible, then probably yes. You will also be able to charge your clients more if you go forward on IRB approval because of the extra steps and the products, which is published research, we're gonna talk about that today, that you will be able to deliver. So let's face it, folks, IRB approved and published needs and strengths assessment can be a separate product other than grant writing that you can put out there to be sold for part of your consultancy, right? If you're a freelance grant writer, you don't, I mean, part of the things that you could do, you could have a needs and strengths assessment IRB approved as one of your products. 
right? It's pretty, pretty cool. And this aligns very well with your grant writing as you can utilize information from the assessment to include in your grants for that particular client. So we're going to talk a little bit of today about upsell and how you can do that, but also how you can do this as a separate product, right? Because it might be something that before you even want to write that grant that you need to get research for, you need to do your needs and strengths assessment. So you might as well write it in as a separate product for your clients and then really make it like amazing, right? And I'm going to show you how to make it amazing today and get paid well to do that. And then you can upsell your grant writing after that. So let's look at this. So here are seven reasons to get IRB approval and how it can make you money. Number one, it may be required if you are dealing with human subjects, i.e. people. We're going to break down the nerdy itty gritty here. All right. So what is IRB approval? Well, you may or you may not have heard of it. Oregon State University states that, quote, the Institutional Review Board is an administrative body established to protect the rights and welfare of human research subjects recruited to participate in research activities conducted under the auspices of the institution with which it is affiliated. What this basically means is that an IRB committee is set up to make sure that research that involves human beings is ethical, i.e. no physical or psychological harm is done to human beings. You know, things are usually established because they weren't done well in the past, right? We know that. And a lot of the studies, you know, done in the early 1900s, all the way up to the 1950s, like there was a lot of shady stuff done and people weren't necessarily protected through research, right? So this is why this has been instituted now and now it provides a lot more credibility. So how, what is this protection? Well, the protection is gained through the IRB committee actually reviewing research protocols and related materials. So for IRB approval, you normally submit an application, an abstract, survey instruments, and that's usually like your survey form actually, right? Informed consent forms, so that would be what people sign that you usually explain what you're gonna do your research. You know, this is gonna be 10 questions, open-ended questions, and it'll take you approximately 10 minutes, you know, that sort of thing. You have clauses in there, and that's what people usually sign before they take your survey, right? So you have the informed consent form, methods and outline, and a cover letter. So this is important to show why your research is important and how you're going to roll it out and what the human subjects or the people will actually be doing. For a needs and strengths assessment, if you're going to be interviewing people and doing surveys, this would fall under IRB approval then, right? And in the United States, the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and the Department of Health and Human Services oversee IRB committees or they actually empower them. So there is some kind of federal regulations. There's some kind of federal supervision to the IRB committees. IRB committees are, there's so many, right? And a lot of them are usually formed at universities. So you see, oh, we got IRB approval through this research university. Um, a lot of the IRB approval that I've done is through the University of Guam, which is our research university here on Guam, right? So doing some kind of uh, needs and strengths assessment, doing some kind of surveys, we apply through the IRB committee that's, that's here at the university. So so research uh, universities have these IRB committees and they are all empowered by these larger sources, right? According to the FDA, in accordance with FDA regulations, an IRB has the authority to approve, require modifications, or disapprove research. This group review serves an important role in the protection of the rights and welfare of human research subjects. 
So what is the purpose of the IRB? Well, the FDA goes on to say that the purpose of IRB review is to assure both in advance and by periodic review that appropriate steps are taken to protect the rights and welfare of humans participating as subjects in the research. To accomplish this purpose, IRBs use a group process to review research protocols and related materials. Right? And that's what I talked about, informed consent documents, investigator brochures, all those different kinds of things, right? So all of this is a group committee. They meet, they look at you know, what you've submitted just to make sure that you're not subjecting any of you know, anyone you're interviewing to any kind of physical or psychological harm. So it really is just that monitoring process. And Boston University states that IRB approval is required before you start your research. And they say, quote, federal regulations require that research projects involving human subjects be reviewed by an IRB. The IRB must approve or determine the project to be exempt prior to the start of any research activities. The IRB cannot provide approval or determinations for research that has already been concluded, end quote. And I just want to go ahead and drive that home that if you've already said, okay, I just did a needs and strengths assessment last month or last year, I'm going to go ahead and submit for IRB approval. Well, if it's already done, you can't get the IRB approval. So make sure that you're applying for the IRB approval prior to doing your needs and strengths assessment. So where can you get IRB approval? Well, most IRB committees are set up under research universities and independent consultants are able to apply for IRB approval. You would have to contact a research university in your area to find out about their specific IRB processes. Usually the committee only meets at certain times during the year, but more recently has been able to review applications via email throughout the year. But in any case, you will want to find out when they meet at your earliest convenience if you're looking at submitting for IRB approval. Some universities super fast, right? You can get it done really, really quickly. There's even third parties that help with you securing IRB approval from different sources. So that's another route you can take as well. But mainly, you know, you can just go ahead and find out and make sure that you submit in advance. And usually it shouldn't take too long, although I've heard horror stories about it taking a long time. So it really depends on where you are submitting. Although first you're gonna make sure that your project even requires IRB approval. And I have a great link on the website. So if you check out grantwritingoffunding.com, go to podcast number 81, and I have links all over the place for all of this stuff I'm talking about, all right? So number two, and why you should get IRB approval. It creates more validity and credibility for your research as you will have support for your research from an external source. Credibility in research is super important for you as a grant writer and for the nonprofit you serve. Getting IRB approval is a great stamp to put on your research. This is a great endorsement from a research university that will elevate your research while doing your research and post-research. What do I mean by this? Well, for example, people in your focus group may take some comfort if you say that you have IRB approval from a well-known university in your area versus you're just doing this for your company, which they've never heard of, right? So just while you're even doing your research, it can really elevate it. And of course, post-research, it can elevate it because you're gonna have that stamp IRB approval from University X. Number three, it will give you some structure for setting up your assessment. So you will have to create a short abstract survey instruments and any other required forms. So as pointed out above, most typically requested in the IRB application process are the following. 
submit an application, an abstract, survey instruments, informed consent form, methods and outline, and a cover letter. Now this isn't all exclusive, it really depends on where you're submitting your IRB approval too. So you're gonna to have to check and they have the forms usually online that you can all, then you have examples. They usually put samples out there of all of these different forms. They have the forms there. You're able to download them. So this forces you to actually develop these items and it gives you a system. It actually gives you drafts and templates and all of that stuff, usually, right? So it's really, really awesome. So for example, if you have no one reviewing how you are setting up your needs and strengths assessment, you may not be as thorough. And that is just basic human nature, right? But if you know you have a committee reviewing your work and they only meet once a quarter, so if you get denied or if they say, hey, this needs modifications and you may have to wait for an entire another quarter to resubmit, then that is gonna cause you to give a lot more consideration in the development of your application, right? You're really gonna pay attention to that. And this entire process will also help you really refine what type of information you were trying to accumulate and what is really important because you're actually gonna have to show like, this is my survey instrument, here are my 10 questions I'm gonna ask. So you all of a sudden have to articulate those questions. And just by doing that, you may think, oh, this is gonna be super easy, but it may cause you to rethink a lot. You may have to, you know, you may have 20 questions then that you came up with. You may, or you may, you know, have had 20 questions and now you only have 10, that sort of thing. So it actually makes you do the work, which is awesome. Number four, you can submit for publication of your research in a peer-reviewed journal. This is amazing, right? So having the endorsement of being IRB approved, you can then submit a report on your, your needs and strengths assessment for publication in a peer-reviewed journal. Even the Huffington Post or other media outlets will pay way more attention to your finished research when it has IRB approval. And that way, you can also submit a press release to local or even national outlets about your finished report. This is great for spreading awareness about the projects that the nonprofits are doing or that the nonprofit you're working with is doing and may attract funding from other sources that read about the research. So there's so many more dimensions to this, right? It's not just about getting it, but it's getting IRB approval, but it's what the IRB approval will now do for your research, which is amazing. Number five, publishing your research on your website or your client's website will have more weight with IRB approval. So publishing the needs and strengths assessment report on your client's or your, your own right, website, depends who you're doing this for, provides another level of credibility. Having this IRB approved adds an even deeper dimension of transparency and accountability. Right, having that sign of approval from a research university, um, just you know, as a part of that on your website, just looks phenomenal. So this is definitely something that will up level and upsell a lot of the work that you do with nonprofits if you're doing this as a product. All right, and getting right into that, number six, as a grant writer, this can be another product you create for your clients. As you can see by the previous five points. An IRB-approved needs and strengths assessment can be an entire product that you develop for a nonprofit. Depending on the number of surveys you conduct, the depth of focus groups that you have can depend on the amount that you charge. But when you add in the IRB application process, providing a final report for publication on the nonprofit's website, sending out a press release of the final results, 
and also submitting for publication in peer-reviewed journals, you can see repurposing the material you already will have can add a lot more bang for your buck. This is a great product that you can create to offer diversity to your grant writing packages, and that will also enhance your grant research. So that's a great segue into number seven. Number seven is you can utilize this research for your grants. So by conducting a needs and strengths assessment and by analyzing the results in a final report, this will give you amazing research for your grants. Right? If you're, acti- if you're doing a survey and you have the survey among a thousand people in your community and you do two focus groups with 10 people in each focus group, you know, if you're really getting deep research here, if you're really understanding what the needs are for your specific niche, right, and you're really getting a lot of qualitative and quantitative information back through these surveys, then that's amazing. You're going to have so much information. You're going to have so much research. And if it's published, dude, then you can even, you can cite this research, right? You can even say, according to this survey, done, da, 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 right? But when it's, act- and when it's published as well, that'll even be better for you. So if you would do this for uh, one nonprofit, chances are, so if you conduct a needs and strengths assessment for a nonprofit, chances are that you will be able to keep them as a client to also do grant writing services for right? You will be well-versed in the results of the study. So they're going to want to keep you around to do the grant writing because you understand in and out now all of the needs, all of the strengths, who their beneficiaries are, how they respond. You are a great wealth now of the nonprofit's institutional knowledge. So you'll be able to really leverage that and say, hey, I also do grant writing. Here are my grant writing packages. So you're understanding the beneficiaries' needs and strengths in the community, and you're going to be able to write a compelling project narrative by using some of the information from the study. So this is a great way then that you can up-level your grant writing services to clients or vice versa. You can add in a needs and strengths assessment um, to up-level from your grant writing services, right? If you already have them as a client and you say, hey, here's another thing I can do, and this will help you get more grants and everything by doing this needs and strengths assessment, and you do the whole process, this is just another dimension that can add revenue um, and cash flow to your consultancy. So this is wonderful. All right, guys, so to sum it up, the seven reasons to get IRB approval and how it can make you money. Number one, it may be required. Number two, it creates more validity and credibility for your research as you will have support for your research from an external source. Number three, it will give you some structure for setting up your assessment. Number four, you can submit for publication of your research in a peer-reviewed journal or to the media. Number five, publishing your research on your client's website will have more weight with IRB approval. Number six, As a grant writer, this can be another product you create for your clients. And number seven, you can utilize this research for your grants. So let me know if you have any questions. Next week is our last week in July and will be our final roundup on the needs and strengths assessment topic. So let me know if you have any specific questions before we dive into our final episode on this topic. You can send me an email once again, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. And I hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful week. And thank you so much again for making my birthday absolutely fabulous. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, 
behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services. Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 